When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Do you know what I use to record these podcasts? It's Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or a computer. It's all really, really easy. It's all really intuitive. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast. Good afternoon. Welcome to Sports Another But Sports with Kent Sterling for Tuesday, June 9th, 2020. Joining us today, our special guest, the head coach of the Fort Wayne Mastodons, the great John Coffin. How you doing, coach? Well, you got confused. I got confused. I went downstairs to grab my wife. You said the great coach Kaufman. I, I, I got to go grab the great coach. You know, my <laughs> wife is a college softball coach. Um, I'm the other coach in the family. Hey, you've got a, uh, you got a terrific group coming back this season, don't you? You got, you got some studs returning, whole believes, but you got some guys coming back and getting old, staying old. That's the key to success, isn't it? Oh, it is. It is. And, and we ran into a little bit of a challenge with that this last season where, I mean, we graduated John Conchar, who is kind of the epitome of our program, a, a guy who gets under-recruited, whereas only Division One offer. He redshirts, spends five years in our program, puts on 43 pounds of muscle in year one. And he was playing 20 minutes a game for the Memphis Grizzlies before the NBA shut down, you know, and, and – uh, doing a great job and then we lost case and harold who had a great year over in ireland and then uh, uh lost two other guards um so lost four guards and we weren't as old and experienced and, and more the experience in what we do this past year but we had two young guys that were kind of our primary playmakers that are uh, one was a freshman one was a sophomore who had great years and and are only going to get better and that experience coming back and so i i love our group coming back and i i feel like we won the weight uh, a slogan I stole from Doc Rivers as we attacked this over the last, you know, nine, ten weeks. And my young staff, who I know you want to talk to me about, yep. uh, just killed it in recruiting. And, you know, I think there are a lot of people that can raise their arms and say, hey, like, like we're handcuffed, man. We can't get guys on campus. What do we do? They're making excuses. And we've never made excuses. I mean, I've been the head coach now for six years. We've changed the name of our, our, our athletic department and university three times in that time. And I've never made an excuse. Like, we just turn the page, you know, sell what we sell. And I think we got great, you know, things to sell with our university. And now with the tradition of our program over the last decade, and we've had 18 pros in the last decade in our program. And we've been able to sell that. And we killed it with recruiting, I feel like. And I love the seven guys we have coming in this year as well. Tell me about that. What does killing it in recruiting mean to you? 
Um, well, I just, I feel like one, we were able to present who we are and want to be really well. Because at the end of the day, I let our message filter out the guys that fit our culture. Um, there are guys that don't end up choosing us. And, you know, sometimes there's better fits out there. Sometimes guys build better relationships. <clears throat> I never want to lose a guy because of an individual relationship. Yeah. Um, there are programs that may have better brands over the history of college basketball. Some of that we can't control, but now, um, <clears throat> you know, as we're trying to communicate who we are, let's, let's sell who we are. And we were able to do that with video showing our style of play. Um, you know, when I became a head coach, I, I chose a style that one, I like to watch. I watch a lot of video and I want to play a style that's fun to coach. That's fun to watch and that are going to help build a brand to get fans into the stands. And it's going to be fun for recruits. I mean, easy to sell. I mean, you know, offensively over kind of a six to seven year span, I don't know if there's a program in the country that has a kind of sexier style to sell than us. Um, you know, we weren't as, you know, we weren't as great offensively this year as we have the previous five, six years. Um, but I really felt like we grew with that and we were playing our best basketball, you know, down the stretch of the season. We have 18, uh, uh, we had 22 assists, 18 threes in our last game against South Dakota State in the tournament. And we have a great upset to go, you know, in front of their home court. Um, but, you know, I, I, I really like the way we were able to beat programs that may have more established brands than Purdue Fort Wayne. And we did that by our presentations. And we very quickly put together uh, short videos that we can kind of clip up and present ourselves from our camp our community and our style of play uh, over Twitter or, or over text, over social media, but then also our video tour I thought was phenomenal. And we, we, we signed a freshman out of Memphis and his uncle was the head coach and they had a top 10 player in the country on their team that was going through the same process that his nephew was. And I thought it was a great compliment to my two young guys who put together our recruiting video. They had just had Coach Calipari come in with Kentucky's presentation uh, three days before and he says we outdid him and man when you can outdo those resources and that story um, I thought that was awesome um, so really really proud of what my guys were able to do and I talk about my guys my 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 assistants yeah let's talk about your staff um, the 2007 high school class I'm really well aware of my son played in that class was a summer teammate of Ben Botts who you hired uh, summer uh, opponent for years and years of Paul Corsaro, who you hired. And if I was in your position, and thank God I'll never be in that position uh, because I, I'd be terrible at it, but I'd know how to put together a staff. And those are two guys I'd point to and say, you, you guys go do my bidding. You're really, really, every time you hire somebody, I'm like, man, that's a dude. How do you choose the guys who become members of your staff? Well, I, I, I really am proud of, of, of that guys have moved on from our program to get better jobs, um, um, you know, better, you know, just growth jobs. And, and we've had three head coaches. Um, you know, I, I've been a head coach now for six years, and I've had three assistants go on and become uh, Division II head coaches, which I'm really proud of. I mean, Mark, Mark Downing, who, who left our program, because, Mark Downing who became a head coach. Uh, you have John Peckinpah, who's right in your backyard as well from Muncie Central. A teammate of Ben Botts, um, and then most recently Paul Casaro. 
Um, you know, I think some of the general characteristics may not be that different than, uh, than what other guys are looking for. I mean, I'm looking for, you know, bright young men, um, creative young men, um, hardworking guys, uh, disciplined, um, really good communicators. Um, I think that the key to building a culture and consistent success is your relationship with players first and then recruits and then staff as well as you go. And then in our case, you know, support staff. Um, you know, we're, we may not be built, you know, like Kentucky is. I mean, Cal Perry asked for something and everybody bows down. You know, Saban asked for something, everybody bows down. John Kaufman asked for everybody for something and people scratch their head and be like, who's John Kaufman? Oh, yeah, he's our basketball coach. Yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, I got six things to do. He'll be our seventh. Um, and so, you know, to where, you know, I want our guys to be liked on our campus and be able to communicate and, and be part of something bigger than ourselves in our campus. And, and so people support staff in our community. They want to help us as we do that. You know, I want passionate people um, and guys that are willing to kind of roll up their sleeves. And my, my, my two most recent hires, Paul being one of them was a, a non-division one player. Like I, I, I like that, you know, like a guy that didn't play at that highest level. He's not, there's no entitlement in, in Paul Casaro at all, at all. Like he played two sports uh, in college, you know, he, he, he has great pride in UND, which I used as I sold him to get that head coaching job. And, and granted, he beat out some really good coaches, Dude. some guys that were in that circle. I mean, some really good guys. But you know what I kept selling and he sold was like he bleeds UND. He bleeds Indianapolis. And I felt when I got to know him over two years, I did two years of interviewing with him. Uh, and, and I felt like, he was a guy that was going to wear Purdue Fort Wayne really, really proud across his chest. And I, and I want guys that are going to do that. Um, and so my other assistant, I, I hired from uh, Adam Blaylock. He was a junior college uh, coach and rolled up his sleeves. I mean, you know, he came from Panola Junior College in Texas. And, and like, he did everything. Like, there's no job. I mean, dusting the floor before practice, doing the laundry, like, those are guys I want in our program because we got to roll up our sleeves. And, you know, you're part of something bigger than yourself. We, we got to – and those are the servant leaders. And that's who John Conchar was. John Conchar unloaded the bus every time we got to a hotel. And our, our, myself, my assistants, we were the first guys under the bus. And then we got those older guys like John Conchar. He started doing it early on. But, like, older guys are doing that. That's the servant leadership in our program. Our older guys are the last guys to go through the buffet line. Um, you know, it's not, Hey, I know I'm entitled. I've earned the right to be first in this stuff. No, it's about, I, Hey, I'm a leader. I'm strong. I'm going to serve the, not the weaker ones, but the younger ones and teach them. And now they get pride in I'm a junior. I'm a senior. Now I get to really serve. I get to really roll up my sleeves and do the dirty work. Um, which my first job was, was for an army, a former Army Ranger, Bob Johnson. His dad was chief of staff for the Army during Vietnam. Had a picture of his dad on Time Magazine uh, up on his wall. And just, I mean, I got a PhD in leadership. And they, they like, for my two years working for him, and he only let you work for him for two years. It was a Division three coach in Southwest rural Virginia, and you, he'd kick you out the door after two years. 
and here's a funny story. Rob Dowster did a great article on, on Bob Johnson. And he unfortunately passed away, um, you know, just less than a decade ago. But, but he's got five Division I coaches that started under him. Really? Mike Young, who was at Wofford, is now at Virginia Tech. Uh, Jamie and Christian is now the head coach at uh, George Washington. Um, Jimmy Allen, who played for him and is now coach and, and was an assistant for him, is now the head coach at Army West Point. Um, you have Nathan Davis, who's the head coach at Bucknell, and myself. How have you kept the, the <coughs> developing players in place during the nine weeks that we've kind of been separated from each other and you haven't been able to spend time with your kids? Man, it has been an absolute bear. Um, and anybody says that they understand it or have the answers, uh, I don't believe them. They don't. I don't have any of those answers. I mean, I, I know that relationships are critical to coaching. Communication is critical to coaching. Um, I feel like I've had great success and great failure in that over the last nine weeks. Um, I wish I was better than I am. And I got... You know, I wake up and I've had struggles, man. I've had bad days. And I've been very honest with my players with that too. It's like, hey, man, there's some days like it's, it's hard to get out of bed because, you, you know, it's the same old, same old. It's Groundhog's Day, yep. you know. And, you know, I'm not taking my kids to school before I head to the office. And I'll tell you what, man, face-to-face -face interaction, um, that's how I – that's what gets me going, you know. And the science of Zooms, like it's been great. We've tried to win the weight and tried to become comfortable being uncomfortable and, you know, dove into new technologies. And we've used FaceTime, Join Me, Zoom, uh, all these new technologies. And, like, I'm now comfortable doing this stuff, but yet it attacks a different part of your brain yes. from face to face. And there are days where, like, I just sit here and I do a lot of these, but my brain is worn out um you know in this sort of stuff and it's it's a it's a struggle but um i've tried to communicate with our guys we've broken our players up into uh groups um and we've done it threefold um we have our academic groups with each assistant coach managing uh four guy four players academically and so they're communicating daily as we've gone online and we've defined two to three hours a day are their study table hours. And so my assistants are reaching out to them and managing them. And we're asking them to have, you know, three Kobe days a week. A Kobe day is one where like they're going at it, you know, three to four hours a day, depending on what access. Do they have access to a rim, to a gym, to a weight room, you know? And then we're asking them that, you know, when our guys decided this, you know, what is a, a solid, what's an expectation we can have of each other? And we decided, you know, an hour and a half a day, but then, three Kobe days a week where you're going three to four hours a day. And so we're trying to create that every Saturday, Sunday with our guys, um, what that week's going to look like. And we're trying to adjust. And every Friday, my players send me a text that I then forward to our strength coach that says, hey, we want more of this in this week. And everything's individualized for our, for our guys. And so that's the second group. Then the third group is all player driven. And we call this our pop leadership program we've broken our team into five groups of three with an upperclassman guy who's been in our program for a year or two as a pod leader and so I disseminate information through that pod leader and they then work with their pods and we do pod competition 
um, with those guys. And it may be, um, you know, like we do a push-up contest, which they decide and they video each other maxing out and push-ups in a minute. And they do a contest for that. This week, their pod competition, it's going to be a cooking competition. Nice. Good to catch up. Thanks, Coach. Uh, hey, I told you 20 minutes. You got no chance. <laughs> I appreciate it, Coach. Thanks. That's Sports Another But Sports. Breakfast with Kent tomorrow morning, 8 o'clock on Facebook Live, 8.15 on Periscope. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.